You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on, Birdo here? And we're back with another episode. And we're going to try out something a little bit different here. So I went back and I listened to a previous, actually the first episode of this podcast that we ever recorded, pulled out a couple clips from it. So this episode is going to be similar to if you listen to the Milwaukee Mafia uh, episodes we did, where I'm going to play a clip for Birdo, and then we're just going to discuss that clip, clip into deeper detail. Do you got anything, Berto, you want to add before I jump right into the first clip? Uh, no, nah, nothing in particular. Um, I, I think, uh, wasn't that the episode where we, I was actually at your house, right? We did that. Well, that was one like, of them. I think we did three episodes like that. Oh, I think okay. we did an episode for each of the, okay, because I think so it it's was basically. A Basically, we're just we're just diving a little deeper on some of the stories. Um, well, yeah, and especially I'm sure there's a there's a lot more listeners now um, that may have not um, probably been listeners back then, or you know, or people you know never really got the uh, I guess the little nuances that go along with the story. Um, so yeah, I think I could shed some light on some things. So we will jump right into the first clip. So now. You know, granted, a lot of people don't want to do that because they're blinded by the lifestyle. You know, they feel like this is what I chose to be and they're empowered and it's nostalgia because, oh, my God, I got all these people that respect me and love me. But it's not like that. It's not like that at all because they'll turn their back on you in a heartbeat. I've seen it. Okay, so my question with this clip is you talk about nostalgia. You talk about how everybody's blinded by the lifestyle. Can you talk a little bit about why you think that is? What is it that gets people enamored about this? So, I mean, I think I think for, <clears throat> you know, for teenagers uh, and, and even, I guess, you know, young adults um, that are, you know, not really, not really great with understanding their own personal feelings and things like that, you know, um, not being able to control emotion and, and things like that, probably as well as somebody who is mature and, and knows how to deal with that. I think that you, you basically, you, you, you ride off a of feeling. So when things feel good, like you just go, you go that way. And, um, and, and then your thoughts kind of catch up later. You know, I think when you're around a bunch of guys, man, and you have that like the camaraderie of of being together, you know, you feel like all these these different affirmations within the clique and and I think propaganda has a lot to do with it. You know, like I, I've said before, um, you know, wearing black and gold and and um you know handshakes with people and the meaning behind the handshakes and and just how everything kind of aligns for a simple mind you know and um because I think that's that's what a lot of us were we had a simple mind at that time you know being young being lost being in the street and um we we satisfied I guess the questions that we had 
by simply being around the guys we were around, if that makes sense. You know, it's like you don't have the the mental capacity to really question what you're doing at that point. You know, you, you're going with it. Like, and the feeling, the feelings that you get, man, I've mentioned before, bro, you can never, <clears throat> you, you're not going to get that at an office Christmas party, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, uh, there's feelings that you can never equate, you know, like respect feelings or, or like I said, those nostalgia feelings where like you're, you're around uh, an atmosphere that, you know, it's a secret society. And um, yeah, I think all those things contribute, bro. And they play on the weaknesses of, of young people and, and, um, and they make you believe something is true that that isn't. And so, you know, <clears throat> Do you I know for me, bro, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Do you think that um, somebody that grows up around the the gang life, like obviously I never grew up around that kind of culture, do those people just within that little society get a lot of respect from people? Um, so, so you're saying people that aren't gang members? Yeah. So, like when you were when you were younger, before you ever got into the gang. Was was a Latin king somebody you looked up to, in a way? Like, is oh, that a- okay? I see what you're saying. Um, you know, I think as a kid, as a child, child, I, I didn't really understand that. Um, I didn't really understand that whole concept. Like, I, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't register me. Register to me about. Um, how I don't know the depth of what a gang was, you know, if that makes like, I really couldn't, I couldn't make that make sense to me at that point in my life. I just knew um, that like I had an older cousin who was like, uh, you know, for me, it was like a guy that stayed out late, you know, and got into trouble. <laughs> like that's the way I looked at it because I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? And, and then my older brother, he did the same thing. Like he stays out in the dark and gets in trouble, you know? So that's, that, that's the way I thought about it in my head. It was real simple. And then obviously as I got older, I, I, I can look back and I can see, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, they were, you know, not, not crazy older, but just getting older, you know, getting older and understanding it. Cause you got to understand my, my cousin, Alex, you know, he was, the couple times he was out, I was, uh, you know, four, five years old. And then, and then like, you know, six or seven years old, you know what I mean? So it's like, you, you don't, you don't remember shit like that. Um, and then my brother, Ronnie, I was, I was still only like nine or 10, you know? So it's like, you try to make that make sense to you and, um, you eventually figure it out. But, but like I was going to say with me, bro, you know, I know what me, the biggest thing with me, bro, is I think, um, yeah, you, you, I was, I was looking for, I was, I was looking for that kind of, uh, just group of like people to be around. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. You know, I, I was, I was rebellious in my own life as a, as a young teenager, you know, just, just turned into teenager. And so, yeah, I think for me, it just, the stars aligned. And then the fact that there was, you know, that family element of it, you know, that made it, that made it, make more sense 
Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that go into it, bro. But I think those are some of the elements. Uh, you know, that's probably a long answer of of uh, of of that. Why I think um, people fall into that. I don't think I have another question on this one. So you ready for the next one? Yeah. Yep. We could do the next one. And there is no connection to the roots, so to speak, right? To what started it and to what it was based on. There's no, it's, it's so far, it revolved, you know, it, it evolved so far from that, that it's, it's a, it's an eyesore. Just put it like that because the Latin Kings were never about just strictly violence and selling drugs. And, and that's all they're known for now. You know, you, you don't think, Latin Kings, man, that's a group that helps people. And, you know, they, yeah, yeah. Oh man, they love each other. You, you don't think that no more. You know, they, the first thing that comes to your mind is this is a violent street gang that, that terrorizes people's lives and neighborhoods. All right. So with, so with that clip, the main thing I, I want, want to get a better understanding of is do you have any thoughts on what because the Latin Kings did start out as a good thing or for the most part, it seems like it was a good thing. It was something to help the community and things like that. And do you have any insight on why you think, where did it all go wrong? How did it transform into this violent? Uh, I mean, I I don't know. Crime organization in a way. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah, the roots, the roots, I believe, were intended, you know, it was a lot of oppression. You know, they wanted to stand up together. Hispanics wanted to stand up together. And 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 so I think that with all gangs during that time, I think there was some there was some common ground, man. You know, it was like there was a reason to unite. You know, people just united in different way. They united with their own people. And so naturally, like that's that's probably that's how the gangs fomented. And a lot of times, man, like I said, these these wars and you know, they start over the dumbest shit, bro. And it's like, you know, one day you're cool with a click and the next day you're not. And then it's you know, it's all out war. And uh, I think just as time progressed, the the amount of violence just increased. I think, I think once the hatred was there, the, the hatred remained the same, you know, and the players, like I said, man, you know, guys have been, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like the guys in this generation are the most violent that has ever walked the earth. You know, it's that one, first of all, social media and, just the world we live in is is going to blow up a lot of what happens today, right? Like everything is recorded. You're not going to get away with anything. Um, that wasn't always the case. So a lot of the violence that in my generation and generation before me, it wasn't even recorded. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It wasn't, there was, there was no record of it, you know? And so I just think that now, obviously, you, you recognize it more. I think it's a lot more reckless now um, than it was. It was it was targeted before, you know, um, in the sense that, for the most part, gangs try to keep it within gangs and and um, 
and like I said, I don't think, I, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't think that element is there anymore. I don't think that uh, that head of the snake, so to speak, is there anymore. And it's it's kind of people are just rogue and uh, that makes for a dangerous, dangerous, uh, you know, and dangerous environment because it's everybody for themselves. Um, go ahead. If you think about it, bro, the, the violence has been, it's been steady. It's just been different kinds of violence. And, uh, you know, like how many, if you think about it, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously I'm not there, but I wonder the statistics on how many actual shootings in Milwaukee now or in any one of these cities, Chicago, um, Chicago probably is still pretty high, but I think like Milwaukee is a good example. How many of it is actually gang violence opposed to just, you know, it might be labeled as gang violence, but it's not really, you know, it's probably just, you know, street guys, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's where we're at right now. Um, and I do, I do cite, like we, we've had this conversation before and I do cite on the thing that even if they're not labeling a lot of these killings as gang violence, don't you think that there's, it probably is this, the person that would have been in a gang, but maybe these, like we've said, the gangs probably aren't as prevalent anymore. So they can't really pin it on. They can't say a Latin King murder. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, Um, it, it's a guy that would have been in the Latin Kings had they not busted the Latin Kings up. And now he's just in a group of five people. Right. You're saying, so to speak, like you're saying hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. I don't have an example of this or anything like that, but, um, yeah, no, I, I think um, no, I, I think no matter what, any any chance that um, you know the law enforcement and the media has a chance to label um, a gang member, whether it be a Latin King or a Spanish Cobra or LF, you know, they're gonna say um, it was a you know known whatever gang member. It might it might not even say um, any specific gang. It just might say he was a known gang member. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. th- and that's what I'm saying. I don't think that element is is out there anymore because nobody's really repping. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly the, the atmosphere, right? I know, especially in Chicago, this isn't true because Chicago is always going to gangbang. But I don't know how many people are like gangbanging in the city anymore. And mm-hmm. in anywhere, a lot of people, like I just feel like a lot of people, you're right, but probably that, that uh, they've got that element, right? Like they're, whatever they are, like that's in the back of everything. But at the end of the day, like, you know, guys are like hustlers now, you know, guys are about making money. So they represent that and, and that uh, everything else in the, you know, everything else is kind of, yeah, it's cool, but it's not like, that's what they're riding for. They're riding for the money. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's the way I see it, bro. I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know if that makes it more violent or less violent. Cause you know, people get killed over money all, all the time. So. So the question I had before was so when I think of a gang I always think of you know like you were 19th street so it was my understanding of it was was that the gang on 19th street protected all the people on 19th street and you never bring that up in to in India in any of your stories about protecting the rest of the people on the street or something like that is that something that just didn't exist in Milwaukee? Do you think that by the time you became a Latin King, that 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 wasn't really a thing that 
right. that Jinx so, did. So you, yeah. So you, I see what you did there. Um, but but that doesn't always necessarily reign true. I think. Um, so you got to remember, it's never. It wasn't about the block or the neighborhood. It was about the people, right? So it's your people. Like that's what the gang, that's what the gang element was. The organization element was, you know, the Latin King was about your people. It wasn't about um, whatever hood you were from, like, you know, like 19th street or whatever. That was, that was something that came after the fact, you know, when there were so many guys that you had to start, um, allocating them to different neighborhoods but but that's not you're never supposed to be one nine before you're a latin king you know so so um that element doesn't uh it doesn't count but what i will say is that you are you're always going to protect the people in your neighborhood when you're out there you know it's just that you might not be able to share the things that you're doing with your neighbors. So, and they might not agree with what you're doing. So you're not always going to be on good terms with them. You see what I'm saying? And the reason why I, I refer to Chicago is because Chicago, man, these neighborhoods, they've been these neighborhoods for ever, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're rooted there. Like no matter what the King hoods over there are always going to be King hoods. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's situations where kings move or, you know, I mean, whatever happens and and vice versa, any other gang. But for the majority, like their their foundational neighborhoods are going to be there. Right. And so and that's because they have a lot of people that live in those neighborhoods, families and they own houses and it's generational. You know, what I mean, and that 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 can't be said about like when I was growing up, you know, when I was growing up. Yeah. 19th Street had a lot of guys when they first opened up that lived on 19th street, but eventually everybody moves away. Everybody moved away. They didn't own houses, you know? And so once it came to a point where like we were holding a neighborhood and holding security for the neighborhood, none of us even lived over there. Not, Not one of us lived on 19th street. And so, um, you know, we were there basically in random people's gangways, you know, in between their house and their backyard, you know what I mean? And there's a lot, there was a lot of us at times. And so, we didn't make it out there a lot of times because at some point somebody's going to call the cops, you know? So that brings me to obviously to the bigger point is that you, you, you don't necessarily always, you're not necessarily looking to protect um, the block. You're mm-hmm. looking to protect your, your people, you know, not everybody's your people, you know? So you just, you, you work with, uh, with what you have and what you know. So that's kind of how that goes. Now, now, do you think, like when you talk about, because when you go to Chicago, when you mention Chicago, you say that, well, these neighborhoods have been gang neighborhoods forever. So is what you're saying specific to Milwaukee, or do you think that inevitably plays out everywhere? What do you mean? Uh, the the you whole mean? thing. Where, oh, where, you mean like the neighborhoods and how people yeah. don't have houses? And I don't know. I don't know. I That's a, that's, I don't know. That's probably... It's probably true. I mean, because look, it, it's like, okay, even Wild Walker. Wild Walker was one of the few hoods left that still had kings who lived in Walker, on Walker. You know what I mean? And um, and even that came to an end. 
So I don't know how, how, you know, I, like I said, for, for somewhere like Chicago, you're, you're always, you know, like I said, them are like, you know, generations of, of families that are passing their houses down probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think two, three, Tommy guns was like probably the last one that lived on, on 23rd street. So it was like, yeah, man. Um, I, I, I think that's probably true in a lot of, in a lot of urban areas as you know, people just move away. I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. we, I grew up in poverty, so it's not like a lot of these places that they got a lot of money. They're growing up in poverty too. So, you know, they're not owning cool. houses. I'm sure. People are moving away. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting. It's just kind of one of those things that you've always heard about gangs. And it's like, is that really true? You know, at all. So, yeah, I and- wonder how, I mean, it's, and it, I wonder, I, I'm guessing, man, but I wonder how, you know, uh, the, the city does make it like that. You know what I mean? Cause there's so many neighborhoods in Chicago of Latin Kings, you know, um, they have like a whole, they have like areas, you know what I mean? They got a lot of, and it's like, damn, how do you continue to hold all that area? Like, does everybody just stay there? Like nobody, nobody, nobody moves away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, because they're big neighborhoods, bro. Okay. Um, do you have, you ready for the next one? Final one? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Yep. All right. So let's hit the final one. He was an Asian dude, right? You know, a lot of Asian Latin Kings <laughs> and uh, they called him La. His, his name was La, right? But he's a super cool guy, right? Like I like, mm. I mean, I like the guy. I liked hanging around him. I had respect for him, but you never seen him in the hood. You never seen him with a gun. You never seen him, you never heard about him in a fight or anything, but he'll pull up in his Lexus and he'll drop off his due money, pay his respects and be gone. Right. And this guy wasn't an Inca. He wasn't a Kasinki. He wasn't an enforcer. He wasn't on the crown council. He was nothing. He was a soldier, but because he provided money and he always had to plug if you needed some weed or, you know, you needed some cocaine, whatever it was, you can go to him. All right. All right. So as everybody can hear. They probably remember Law because I feel like we talked about Law in like almost the previous episode, if not one of the pre- very previous episodes. But yeah. my my main question with Law is is that it, you, in this clip, the way you make it sound, Law just basically showed up, paid his dues, and then you'd almost not see him for the rest of the time. <laughs> like he was just never around. He was off living his life, doing his thing, and what would be what in your opinion was his motivation like what was he was this just like nostalgia for this lifestyle that he wanted to be involved in it or why was he even interested in this gang to be a part of this gang at all if he was never really engaged with it okay so a couple things first things first right i i was told that obviously his correct name was L.A., right? Oh, but okay. We always we always called him La, though. I always called okay. him La. I called him La. Um, but anyways, so, um, you know, to be fair, I don't know, I don't know how it was for him coming up, right? So I don't know his history. I, maybe and maybe he did have some type of recognition as a young guy and he ended up coming up and he came up organically and then he just kind of made his way. Yeah. I don't, I don't know his backstory like that, but to be honest, I probably would have heard about it if there was one there. Right. So, 
um, to be fair, to call it on both sides. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I think that there is an advantage if you if you analyze it correctly, there's an advantage to be, to being a, a drug dealer. Right. And I'm talking about like making some good money, you know, like, like not, not like a little, you know, small, like making like a decent amount of money, like a bigger time drug dealer. There's an advantage to, to doing that. Right. And then having a team of monsters that you could use at your disposal you know, when your disposal, whenever you want, basically, because you're a part of them. So I think, yeah, maybe as a young guy, he was fascinated with the lifestyle. But then once he became like a bigger time drug dealer, it was just a convenience to be to be in the king because he didn't bang enough to where it was going to affect his relationships when it came to selling drugs. Um but at the same time, if he ever had an issue with somebody not wanting to pay or, you know, who could he call? He could call the brothers and mm-hmm. they're always going to be there. And so that was what it became to me in my mind. If I had to if I had to sit back and look at it, why would you even come around anymore? Because it's a small price to pay to come and pay the dues. You know what I mean? And yeah. to be and then to be available to to. um sell guns to the guys or sell, you know, more drugs to the guys. It's convenient. Why, why, why would, you know what I mean? Like, why not? You're already in this kind of lifestyle. You're already in the street lifestyle. Like if, if you could get away with being a Latin King and it not affecting you, uh, business wise, that's like having the best of both worlds, you know, at that time, because you got a bunch of basically, you know, shooters that you could, you could have. You know, and it's not affecting you dealing with whomever to make, you know, whatever kind of money you want. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. So basically, he was probably leveraging it in the way to, well, now I'm connected with these 20 other guys. And if if they want to, I potentially have somebody that can sell drugs for me, as well as if something goes awry, I guess I have an enforcer team that will have my back. It's a business decision. You know what I'm saying? It's a business decision at the end of the day because that's what it becomes because he'd have been a fool to try to walk away because then you make us your enemies too on top of that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's super convenient. Yeah. And and that was, that's also a piece I think I was missing is that he was kind of an older school king. So like he probably would have been from an actual generation before you. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he, he's kind of like you've talked about in the past with, in that kind of retirement state where it wasn't really expected of him to, to, to come out in bang and be in the streets and stuff like that. Is that accurate? I mean, you know, I think, uh, it could be painted that way you know, if you wanted to, (laughs) but, but I don't, I don't believe that anybody who was ever anybody would say that that's, that would, you would, yeah, he would get a pass. Um, because you got guys like Tommy, Tommy was around for a while. Tommy was still on 23rd. He was a, you know, one of the last people on 23rd. Um, you know, so I don't know, even guys like, even guys like champ, they always demand that respect. So 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that uh, he, he, I don't think he necessarily got his okay to be, you know, low key based on his reputation or what he did. I think it was more, like I said, I think it was more about the money, you know, and it was a business, it was a business relationship because it benefited the brothers too, though. If you look at it, I mean, if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're honest about it, you know, like I said, we used to have trouble finding guns and, and finding plugs. You know, we couldn't find plugs, you know, uh, or hook, you know, however you want to say it, um, plugs for drugs, because um, we were wild. We were, you know, we were idiots. And (laughs) yeah, so who's going to want to trust us? You know what I'm saying? With potentially, you know, thousands of dollars worth of their product. Who's going to want to trust us? You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's so it's it's kind of a it was a win-win rate relationship in a way for both sides. But at the same time, everybody kind of viewed him as like, he should have been more, he, well, he could have been more involved and everybody kind of had that feeling of like, okay, because he's got deep pockets, he's getting away with things that he really shouldn't have been getting away with. Essentially. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I understand but it was like one of them one it's like one of them unspoken things though you know what i mean like it it wasn't like guys people just knew you know what i'm saying like it wasn't like there was talk about it because i don't think i think once it got to that point the brothers right they would have probably put it in the circle you know they probably would have brought it up but i think guys just knew you know what i mean and then and then it was like i said man it's convenient too man like you can't you can't uh you can't take that away. Like, you know, um, he would, he would have whatever you needed. You know, if you needed a gun, you could be like, yo, I'm going to hit law up. You know, he can give me a gun. I know he can't, you know what I mean? Or a pound of hydro, you know, obviously, I mean, or whatever, you know what I mean? He, w- he was just a really great asset to have basically. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so, yeah, man. And, um, and like I said, it wasn't like he was like some soft dude, like he would come around and, and, um, and be super, nah, it wasn't that, you know, he was a man. Um, he had respect. I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the nitty gritty guys that are really in the street all the time. You know what I mean? Like life or death. You know what I mean? Um, there's a big difference between the two. All right. So, so then I did have one more thing I wanted to touch base on, and I feel like we should talk about this just because I don't, we have not tackled this subject on this podcast. I believe we talked about it in the four-part Milwaukee Mafia series, but, but I don't want any of our listeners to think that we're avoiding this topic. So um, obviously we've talked about the fact that you were involved in a murder, but we've never told that story. Can you tell that story for the listeners? Um, yeah, I can. I mean, I can generalize it. You know, I, I probably, um, you know, because I'm sure a lot of, I'm sure a lot of my, I, I got faith that a lot of my listeners listen to the Milwaukee Mafia and got it. But you know what? I mean, it's it's fair to uh, to just revisit it. So, mm. you know, I think I explained during this time frame, man, to give context to the whole situation. You know, there was there was like this was like a time period where, you know, we were kind of fighting. We were fighting to keep our chapter alive. I remember it was uh, <clears throat> it was just a, a, a like a really live time frame. Like there was a lot going on, a lot going on at this time. Um, Two bit, 
he was wild walker <clears throat> he was like in a in a little phase at this time of like he was he was stealing a lot of cars <clears throat> doing a lot of robberies i remember he was he was really he was like really on a i don't know what you know it was like a really he was on a rampage really with just that stealing and, and robbing and so i remember we would use the cars like when he was done doing whatever he wanted to do with them you know as far as like uh I don't know if he, I don't know what he was doing, if he was stripping the car down or what, but, but sometimes he would have a car and, and he'd be almost done with it and we would go and we would use it, you know, and, and, you know, like, there's no secret. We would go, we would go look for flakes. I just, I just remember this one particular time really, really vividly, obviously because of the outcome, but, you know, it was a period of my life that, uh, you know, I was, there was a, there was a lot going on for me too. You know, I had, I was the Kasinka at that time. At this time, I, uh, you know, I was bearing more responsibility, and uh, you know, noticed that I don't mention that I was also a father because that was irrelevant in my life at that time. You know, unfortunately, and uh, but it's being honest. You know, it's it's relevant with the show. This is this is what the lifestyle does, and so. Yeah, man, I felt like at that time there was a lot going on. There was a lot of a lot of different dynamics that were at play. And Tubit came to my house. I don't I don't remember. I think he showed up with with uh I wanna say he showed up with Tim. He showed up with Tim. Well, whatever the case was, I remember when he showed up and and um me and Toot were at my house. And he's like, What's up? Y'all wanna go out? You know, and we already knew what time and what he's talking about. And so we're like, all right, yeah. And and I remember grabbing the Ruger. Yeah, it had to have been Tim because I grabbed the Ruger, I believe, from Tim. Two got in the back and we just rolled out. I think I lived on like 9th in Montana. <clears throat> and we're driving around, driving around. You know, we, we, we ain't seen nobody. It's it's uh, it's broad daylight. You know, it's uh, middle of January, cold outside. You know, not a lot of people out, but, <clears throat> you know, we, we were looking. And so we drove through a couple areas, you know, typical areas where we would find guys, you know, um, where we would find guys that obviously were, were rivals. You know, we didn't see nobody. We didn't see anybody be like, all right, well, let's drive through our hoods. You know, the last place we would think um, to find rivals would be in our neighborhoods, you know, and... Uh, once we got to 19th, we we drove we drove uh, we drove through the normal part of 19th. Just put it like that. But then once you cross Lincoln, going south, like that's that that's technically still one nine. But we didn't have we never covered that area over there. Like that wasn't where we were where we were at, and so it wasn't technically somewhere where we're used to being. But anyways, we drove over there. You know, I seen we seen the we seen the guys. I seen the guy walking. You know, he's got his he's got his winter cap broke off to the right. You got to remember in real time these things happen so fast. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and and you have to you have to organize your thoughts and your and everything you want to do fast. And and um, you know, there's a lot of pressure that's mounted on you as well that you don't think about. Like, you know, you got to make the right move, man. You know, you 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 can't. Um, you can't shy away from this, this opportunity is what it would have been looked at at that moment, you know, because, um, you know, 
we used to get into a lot of situations. We got into a lot of situations where we would have to shoot at people and people would shoot at us, you know, and we wouldn't necessarily always be in close quarters, you know, but we always were prepared for that kind of combat. You know, that's what we told each other. Like, yo, if it ever comes down to it, like, you know, when you're in a situation like that, you got to make the move. And so, you know, this is a, this is a rare opportunity. You know, this, this flake is walking in our neighborhood with his hat broke to the right. And, um, you know, we're driving, right? So, um, we're, we're driving the same way he's walking, right? So, um, you know, immediately, like, we, you know, I, I'm like, you know, I'm spitballing, you know, I tell Tubin, I'm like, yo, like, all right, hit a U-turn, you know, hit a U-turn over here. And then fuck it, just park, right? Because mm-hmm. once we, once we hit a U-turn and park, he's basically walking right to us. And so, uh, he does it, he hits a U-turn, it parks. Now you gotta remember, I'm in the passenger seat, two's behind me. <clears throat> I got the Ruger. And now it's like, all right, there's a lot of things going through my head, man, at that time. Probably too many thoughts to even to even really listen to any one particular one. You know, like my mind is scrambling. But the one thing I'm thinking about, I remember is like, man, like, okay, like this is it. You know, like, this is it. Like, this dude is an opposition. This dude will kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it came down to it, this dude will kill you. This dude will kill your people. You know, and then it's like, you got to set an example. Like, this is a, you know, all these things are like in your mind, you know? At the same time, you're nervous. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I had shot at people all the time. You know, I had shot some people um, at this point. You know, this is January 03, so you know, I'm 15, you know, I had shot some people, but I had never been like this. Like I'm right on this dude. Obviously I'm like, all right, well, I know, I know I'm not going to get him to bang on me if, if I bang King on him, because at this point we didn't have, we didn't have competition like that, man. That was, that was, there were guys, don't get me wrong. Like there were guys within gangs, you know, I know we've talked about this before. There were certain guys within gangs, but as a whole, like the stragglers, like the stragglers that weren't necessarily, they were a part of a gang, but they're not like, like nobody was, they were not banging on us, bro. I didn't know what this dude was. Maybe he was a real deal. Maybe he wasn't. I didn't know. You know, I remember I was like, all right, I'm a, I'm a false flag. I'm a, I told the, I told the brothers, I'm like, yo, I'm a false flag, this dude. And so I banged my hat to the right, right? I told you before, a false flag in this. I banged my hat to the right, right? He walks up. I'm like, hey, folks, you got some weed? Right? He looks at me. He's like, yeah, he's like, I know where to get some weed at, right? So I'm like, all right. I'm like, hey, you real folks? Are you real folks? He's like, yeah, I'm folks. And by this time, I'm like already getting out the car. Like, we're standing right next to each other, man. Obviously, the exchange doesn't go well. You know, I end up shooting him. And boom, we take off. You know, out of respect for, out of respect for the, you know, the fact that he's gone and, and, um, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to be too, too malicious on that, man. So I won't get into, I won't get into the rest of the, the dialogue and then exactly, you know, I won't, I won't get into all that. We'll just, you know, we'll leave it at that. You know, the guy ended up, he passed, obviously, you know, after that situation, boom, we, we, we pull off, 
you know, the first thing that should have been in my mind was like, man, damn. Um, will any of these guys tell on me? <laughs> right? That should have been the first thing. <laughs> but that wasn't the first thing I thought. You know, the first thing I thought was like, damn, we got to get rid of this gun. Funny story, true story. We didn't actually get rid of the gun. But um, but that was my thought. And, you know, we, we drove back to... We drove back to Mario's house. Um, they dropped me off. I told Tubi, like, yo, get rid of the car. Uh, I told him, I was like, you know, burn this motherfucker. Because it was a stolen car anyway. He's like, all right, bro, all right, all right. I think the idiot got caught in it like two days later. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, but it never got, it never got, uh, it never got pointed out. So, you know, the circumstances surrounding that case, like it was weird, man. There was only one person out that day and, and, um, you know, oddly enough, they showed him Tubit's car and he didn't identify it. It's just weird, you know, but I mean, it happens like that, but yeah, man. So he gets caught and, uh, obviously, you know, that was, that was my, that was my, that was my case, you know, nothing, nothing. I wasn't charged with it. It was, it was kind of, uh, it was a mystery. And then, then Lawrence got caught and Payne got caught. Well, Payne got caught first then Lawrence got caught and then other guys started, you know, going in and, and, uh, two bit, you know, I, I, two bit was later though. Two bit, two bit didn't cooperate right away. Oddly enough, two bit actually cooperated for the cases that he got wrapped up in when he got caught with that stolen, that stolen vehicle. He had like some other robbery cases <clears throat> actually a bunch of them, like a string of them, right? And he cooperated on his brother at the time. I think his name was like Gilberto or Gilbert or something like that. We used to call him My Life. And that was because he had it tattooed on the back of his neck. It was super weird. We used to just call him My Life. But he was cool though, you know, and he was a brother. And Tubit told on him because he was with him for one of the robberies. Oddly enough, when I was in Wales, you know, I had, I had, uh, you know, I had the spot. I was the, I was the ink in Wales. Boy was, boy was trying to get word to me that Tubit was hot, you know, and that Tubit was telling and Tubit was my celly. <laughs> and so you got to remember I was in the pickle because it's like, damn, you know, this dude knows about my homicide. You know what I'm saying? Like he hasn't said nothing yet, you know, but if I violate this dude, it's like, now I got my own interests in my head. You know what I mean? And that's, that's another element of this, this gang shit that's corrupt. And you know what I mean? Like, look, I had the authority, I had the power. And the first thing I thought about was my own selfish ways. It wasn't even about the nation. Yeah. This dude's a snitch. I should get him, you know, I should, I should mess him up. My own, you know, my first thought is, damn, this dude's going to be telling me about this homicide if I whoop his ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I like to be too, you know, being fair. Um, and that's why we were sellies. Like we were cool, man. You know, we did some shit together. We had did more than just, you know, that one, that one thing together, you know, we had did some shit together. And so it was like, you know, I was cool with him, you know, to do shit with like that with people, like you got to trust them. And I felt, you know, too, but you got to remember his brother is Revy and Revy was like, Revy was like one of us, you know, he was our boy. Like he was there all the time. He was basically one nine, you know? And so I definitely trusted too, but even more just because of Revy. Yeah. So I was in a tough spot, man. And, and I remember, I remember getting the word back up to boy and I was like, all right, well send me the paperwork. And, but you know what? It was kind of a, it was one of these plays though. And I'll be honest. Right. And this is, this is, 
you know, this isn't trying to cover my own ass because it was, I still should have took care of business on Tubit and I didn't, but, um, this is also another reason too, is because boy and Jay were in Fox Lake with Wolf. And this is after Wolf told on me, they knew Wolf told on me, you know, Wolf even admitted that he was like, Oh, he was like, yeah, I made a statement, but he was, he was supposed to go to trial and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have testified on him in trial. Mm -hmm. That's what that, that was, that was what his thought process was. Now, I think that says a lot about the thought process of Wolf, but (laughs) you know, my point is that I told Boy and Jay, like, yo, y'all already, like, what's up? And they did nothing to him, you know? And um, I guess, you know, that's that favoritism shit, too, because I feel like, you know, Wolf is Jay's cousin he's supposed to be or some weird way or I don't know. They used to say they were cousins. I don't know, whatever. But I felt like there was favoritism there. And then, and then Boy just trying to call a spade a spade, he was just like, well, send me the paperwork. You know, I'm in Wales, bro. Like I'm 15. Like you think I got access to random police files? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's not like the feds where they give you the, you know what I mean? Like, nah, man. And so, but he, they knew he told. And so I pulled the same move when, when he was telling me about, about two bit with the dude Gilbert, you know, telling on Gilbert, I was like, all right, well send me the paperwork. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I could play that game too. And and so I never got the paperwork. So I never, I never be too bit, but, and to be, to be fair, he didn't, he didn't tell on me at that time. He, you know, once we all got indicted, that's when he, when he <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's when shit at the fan. So I've so. only got one question for this and <clears throat> avoiding anything that was discussed after this happened or anything because of just, you know, somebody did die and it's sensitivity and I'm sure the conversations weren't the greatest, but can you talk a little bit about, are you comfortable with talking a little bit about, I assume, obviously you said you had shot a gun before and things like that, but this was a really, really direct thing. Like there was no doubt what you had done leaving yeah, there. It's, and, and listen, like, listen, like I was like, okay, so I was running and gunning at this time, man. Like, no, I was the Kasinka at this time. Like I had already, I earned that. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I had been, I had been like close to people. I'd shot, I know that I've shot in people at the time. You know what I'm saying? I knew I was, I had shot, you know, people and, and, um, but this was a different instance. This was like an instance where, um, if I'm being fair, I knew he couldn't get away. You know, Hmm. like it would have had to have been a situation where my gun jammed or something like that. There was no way that he could get away in the other instances. Like, yeah, you're in a situation, but, you know, people can scatter. People can get away. Like it's a different it's it was it's hard. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, the other people had a fighting chance. Right. right. I feel like I feel like this dude was walking into a trap that he didn't even know he was walking into. Mm -hmm. You know, so so, can you talk a little bit about. Cause you obviously must have had internal battles with yourself after this happened, just like with panic and just different, different emotions that you felt. Can you talk about them? Do you remember what, yeah, obviously I mean, so- it's stuff you're not going to have said to people because obviously yeah. you had to kind of keep your toughness, but what were some of the things that went through your head after that? Yeah, I mean, if you're saying like remorse and shit like that, listen, um, like let's like if I'm being completely honest, bro, at that age, bro, in that life, 
it's hard to say like you even understand what remorse really is, bro. Like you're just, you're just going, you're just going a hundred percent. And I'm talking about through every element of it. I'm talking about from being in the street to being locked up, to being in the street, to being locked up. Like your, your remorse isn't, isn't something that you, you have time to really even think about what it means. You know, you have to mature into that and you have to be sat down and really think about like, damn dog, you were destroying people's lives. You know, like that's, that's not something that you can grasp at that age. So I, I can't, I, I can't lie and say I immediately felt remorse. I didn't. But what about yeah, like there, panic? I, was, I was confused. That's what I was going to say. I was, I was, I was confused in a sense. Like I didn't, I didn't really know what the next move was. You know, I didn't know if it was like, okay, like what do they do? You know, like what, what is done now? You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's that. Like I just keep on going, you know, like, and just, and you know, just, and that's, that's what it was. Like, you just keep, you keep going and you hope that that element is never exposed, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I was, I was a little bit panicked, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. I was proud in the sense that I felt like I vindicated myself for some reason, you know? Um, it's terrible to think about now, you know, but at 15, to be a Kasinka for the biggest chapter in Milwaukee at that time and and to have those kind of accolades, so to speak, and then now be even more recognized because just being that ruthless element, it 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 it's it it gave you that heart swell, you know, and you had this ego, this sense of pride, and it wasn't about what I did to that person. It was about what I did for myself, if that makes sense. In my mind, that's, I mean, that's the childish thought process that you have is you're so entwined in this lifestyle and everything that it represents. The worldly view of what you're doing doesn't even matter, if that makes sense. You know what I mean, bro? Like, it's 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 about what you're doing for yourself. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate people, you know, like... Uh, you know, people get hurt. That's, that's, you know, we lost people too. And it's like, do you, you know, it always you, goes back to the same thing we talk about, man. Like it's just people destroying each other. Yeah. Do you think, could you tell after this that, I mean, could you see the heightened level of respect that, that your fellow gang members had for you? Did you know, it's crazy, bro. And, and, uh, and, and I, uh, I've thought about this before. But you can, you can tell it's different. Like, it like is. you walked into a room and it was like yeah. many of the people, you know, I'm sure just, like Tim and Toot and stuff were pretty much the same to you. Yeah. Yeah. But Tim, like, yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying but, you got to remember, right? So, so like I said, as much as people say, okay, yeah, you do your dirt and keep it to yourself. You know, I didn't run around and tell everybody what had happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what I did, but you know, there's going to be conversations that guys have and they're like, Hey man, like, you know, like that dude, you know, he gets down or, you know, I heard, I heard something about, him. you know what I mean? Like there's going to be those conversations. And so that's kind of where it's, you know, that's how you know about people when it comes to that kind of element. And I, and that's why I said, man, like, you know, it wasn't like people were like in awe of me or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, like, because there's violent guys that do that, you know, since the beginning of time with the Latin Kings. So I wasn't nothing special. 
you know, I'm just saying I recognize the difference in the level of maybe not respect that. I don't know if that's a good word, but just kind of the, the, the different um, attention that, that guys gave me when I was speaking to them or talking, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it was just a different, it, it brought mm. a little bit, uh, a little boost in, in who I was. And that's, that's just being truthful, bro. Like I felt that difference, you know, um, okay. because it, it's almost like, and this is, like I said, man, this is another sick element and thought process of this lifestyle, but you are in a different kind of league now, you know, you put yourself in the league of, of, you know, not everybody's just out there shooting people down like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, these stripes that you're trying to earn, that's why they're so recognizable when you have them, because not everybody does it, you know? So I don't know if that, that made a lot of sense, but yeah, that actually mind. makes perfect sense. <laughs> I mean, and that was, I feel like that was pretty heavy. I think that was much better than the, the, Milwaukee mafia version of it. So I think that was definitely worth retelling. So, yeah, man. And you know, I, like I said, I, I like to be transparent and I feel like in the Milwaukee mafia version of it, I was a little bit more, um, detailed in the situation, you know, but, but that's not something and I did it, you know, cause that was the first time I was detailed with it, but you, I don't want to just keep, you know, reiterating those kind of facts. You know what I mean? Like, it's unfortunate what happened. Like, the, the purpose here is to grow from that story. You know, the purpose here is to to see the transformation, to see the error in your thinking, to be able to pass along that message and try to, right, to try to make that terrible situation somehow to try to spread, you know, a little bit of positive in, in the fact that, hey, man, like, it's not, it's not, it's a way of thinking, bro. It's It's a whole it's the whole juvenile element of not being able to really, man, be able to process, you know, complete thoughts and, and feelings and emotions. Like, I, I really think that is, you know, um, a true thing, bro. Cause you're so arrogant at that age. Like you're so, I was so arrogant at that age. I was so um, sure of myself that, you know, yeah, sure. You, you listen to your, your, your constituents, you know what I'm saying? Like you listen to them, but you know, that's, that's an echo chamber. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys are just, you guys are all repeating the same shit. You know what I mean? And, um, all right. Well, with that, I, that brings the end to what I got. Do you got anything else you want to throw into this episode or should we wrap her up? Um, no, no, that's, that's, um, that's pretty much it, man. Um, I guess I'll just reiterate um, once again, just thank, thank all the people, man. Um, I, I just want to thank everybody, man, for real. Cause it's like, you know, I look at our numbers every day and, you know, there's always some sort of growth, even if it's small and, you know, just sometimes I'm shocked at, at how fast, you know, we kind of banded together. Cause ultimately that's what it is, man. We just all banded together. You over there in Wisconsin, I'm over here and there's, you know what I mean? We're, we're trying to squeeze it, squeeze the, the nation together. Right. So now, nah, man, I just want to thank everybody for listening and, and I appreciate all the support. You know, I appreciate the Patreon uh, members as well. And uh, that's pretty much all I got, bro. You know what to do. All right. Well, I, w I just want to double down on the thank yous to everybody as well. So, but with that, we can wrap this episode up. Um, as 
Berto had mentioned, we do have a Patreon. Jump over to check that out, patreon.com slash normalizedcrime. As well, we do have an email address. If you want to send us any questions, comments, or anything that's on your mind, you can do that at normalizedcrime at gmail.com. And we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.